Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode 39, 39, which we are recording on Monday, June 24th. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And what are you wearing today? I am wearing my wonderful transverse cardigan, which is a pattern by Anne Weaver, who we talked about. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was our, her pattern. It is her pattern. And we talked about her a couple episodes ago because she designed traffic furniture using the Neighborhood Fiber Company yarn. Yep. So we talked about her in the Neighborhood Fiber Company episode couple episodes ago and she designed aranya yes yes <laughs> so this sweater let's see asymmetrical side knit side to side dolman sleeved jacket one piece i'm reading the tags off the ravelry page <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm just throwing out these adjectives but it's cute little sweater and when i knit it i joined in kind of in an informal knit-along that was going on at the store. A bunch of customers or a bunch of regulars decided that, oh, they were going to, to knit the sweater. And I think it all started because another customer came in wearing the sweater and everybody said, oh, that's so cute. What pattern is it? And of course, it was from originally published in, in Interweave Knits from 2010 spring 2010 is where the pattern originally came from and a lot of us had the pattern myself included so we all decided to go ahead and knit it and I wasn't too sure that I was gonna like this design and as it turns out I wear it a lot yeah because you... it's the perfect little sweater to throw on <laughs> and I like Which... it because the knit so the direction of the knit, because it's side to side, instead of having vertical lines of knit oh, stitches, yeah. you have horizontal right, lines of knit right, stitches, which are right. actually more slimming in a way. Oh, hmm. so interesting. Yeah. And I think the pattern as originally written was a little more asymmetrical than mine. I remember, although if you look at mine, my fronts are uneven, so that part is asymmetrical. But what I did was I made... The side, I think that was supposed to be shorter. I made it a little more even so that it was less. It, mine actually buttons in the middle. And I think the pattern as originally written did not button in the middle. Oh, because when you said asymmetrical, I looked at you and thought, oh, I can't see that it's asymmetrical. <laughs> I get it now. I, it, it turns out differently for different people because there's a way that you measure it. And a lot of people who were making it couldn't see where it was going because it's knit side to side in such unusual construction. So it turns out different, but I'm very happy with mine. Three you know the vibe sleeves. of that is very February lady sweater. It is. It is. It's got the buttons at the top, the V opening, the three quarter sleeves. Mm -hmm. This one's a little bit shorter than the February lady. In fact, when I took this sweater out to wear it this morning and opened my Ravelry project page to look at the details so that I could talk about it today, I realized that I had never weighed the sweater, so I didn't know the exact yardage. And I w so I weighed it this morning. The exact yardage that I used was only 642 yards. Wow. Now, granted, I make a smaller size for myself, so you know, for the larger sizes, it's going to be proportionally more yarn. But that's not a lot of yarn no, proportionally for a sweater. A sweater. Exactly. Yeah. So you, it, it is a smaller fitting sweater, but 
And it's I have really to say, cute. I like that shorter length on you too. Yeah, it yeah, works out well. Really I, I wear it with the t-shirt peeking out the bottom, and I like that layered look. So I'm very happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. And what are you wearing, Gail? I am once again wearing my gathered cardi, which I did the research on finally this time. It's a Kathy Karen pattern from Knit One Spring Summer Issue 2008. And I've talked about this on the podcast several times, so I won't go into detail about it today, but it is a gray day in Santa Cruz. It is end of June almost, and it is drizzly. It wants to be raining, but it can't quite get there, weather. It's really bizarre because generally, although we do have wet-ish foggy days, we generally don't have something bordering on rain right. in June. It's really unusual. But then we did have the winter of no rain exactly. this year. So it's going to be weird weather. Who exactly. knows? <laughs> so I just felt very gray. I'm wearing gray stripes with a gray uh-huh. sweater on top. So that's what I'm wearing. What are you stocking? Well, Gail and I were both saying that we really are not stocking much. And when I was writing down my notes, I really had to scramble to figure out what I have been stocking because I haven't been looking at a lot of new things, but there are two things that I can somewhat say that I've been stocking. And the first one is I have been stocking my own stash. Me too. I haven't, I haven't, I don't have a huge stash, but I do have a few sweater quantities of yarn and I do have a few skeins of yarn that are earmarked for specific projects and a lot of it isn't in Ravelry. And so this weekend, actually yesterday, I took a little bit of time to add a few pages. Like like I said, I don't have a large stash. So when I'm talking about adding things, I think I added about seven yarns. So it's not a huge amount, but I think three or four of them were sweater quantities. That's delightful. And then the other three or four that I added are earmarked for cowls. What else do I have? Cow? I think I have a small quantity of another Madeline Toft yarn. Just little things. So it felt good. So I'm kind of stocking my own stash. I've been trying to I have notes all over the place. I have notes written on paper. I have notes taken on my (laughs) iPad. I have patterns that I've written notes on of ideas for projects that I want to make with this yarn. So my hopeful goal is to get all my ideas focused in Ravelry on the yarn page where I can put what I'm thinking of for each yarn. That's a really good idea. And it's because I just haven't been able to figure out what I'm knitting next. So <laughs> Yeah, Charlene and I are both in this really bizarre I'm not gonna say we've lost our knitting mojo because we've oh, both no, been knitting. I'm still knitting. But yeah. we just haven't been able to I haven't been able really, to focus yeah. on a on a big project. That's I've really cast weird. on a couple smaller projects as that you'll hear about later. Hats, shawls, that kind of thing. And I'm still knitting and I, I'm, yeah. I'm still it, it, yeah, it's not a loss of mojo. It's just I'm scattered, and I think it's partially it's just the time of year. Yes. There's so much going on with the end of school, and it's only been a week. 
And That's we've true. had birthdays, you've mm-hmm. had birthdays, graduations, you had, you had two graduations, I had one, or actually I should say promotion ceremonies. Yeah, or completion They're, ceremonies, yeah, whatever they we're call We're talking, quote-unquote, graduation from fifth grade moving on to middle school, so it's not really a graduation, but... <laughs> and Josie, my middle daughter, she, quote, graduated from middle school to high school, and they actually used the entire Santa Cruz Civic Auditorium oh, wow. for that well, that's, event. that's more of a graduation than from fifth grade but i was I amazed at how many people showed that up for is that a it lot was of very people. impressive wow. it was a great little ceremony for the wow. most part yeah huh. so yes it's been a busy two-week period since we last recorded and i think that definitely has something to do with the lack of stalking and lack of well, focus you know, on big projects yeah we've talked about it before how when our lives get scattered our knitting tends to be scattered yeah yeah <laughs> So, yeah, so it, it, it amidst the scatter, it felt really good to feel a little bit more organized, get some of my things into Ravelry. And I also removed, this has been bugging me, I also removed a lot of the partial balls. Ah, you know how when you... I've been doing that too. When you have a project in Ravelry and you use, let's say I use 6.75... 6.75 of the yarn and... There's still 0.25 remaining. Right. So you have a quarter of a skein remaining. It still shows up in your stash yeah. as a yarn. And then you think, oh, and then you realize, oh, no, I only have a quarter skein. So <laughs> That's I've a stripe been, on a hat. That's yeah, not even Exactly. Yet. So I've been removing a lot of those because although I keep, I physically keep the yarn, it's just distracting for me to have tiny amounts. In mm-hmm. my stash, I, I wish I wish there was a category for partials or something. Oh, that's a good but idea. But then I don't even know if I'd want to keep my partials in there because I have so many partials. You know, having yes. my partials yes. in a box is fine, yeah. <laughs> or a bag. <laughs> then I can just open it up. So I I neaten things up. I tidied that up. So the other thing that I have been stocking is one new pattern that did come out in the last couple of weeks. It's called the Brennan Cardi. It's by Julia Trice. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that one? Yeah. It's really cute. I, I do want to start. I do want to knit this. And actually, I should say that Cardi is what started this whole staff, stash examination process because I thought, oh, I must have something in my stash that I can knit this cardigan with. And actually, I'm not sure that I do. I think the one yarn that I thought I could use for it, which is the logwood, I don't think I have quite enough yardage for it. Oh. Yeah, because I have four skeins, and so I don't think I have quite enough. So I may have to do some figuring. (laughs) Could you do shorter sleeves or? I don't know. I haven't, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone there yet. But the Brennan Cardi by Julia Trice. Let me bring it. It's super up. cute. And thank you, Julia. She gifted us that pattern yes, too. That was extremely did. thoughtful of you. So the Brennan Cardi. Adult bottom up buttoned circular yoke. That Which I was love. that yeah. was what really caught me because there were many episodes ago, I think I talked about how I was really liking circular yoked sweaters. And this one has bobbly lace pattern around the top. Uh, you can button it. You can do the little top buttoning 
or you can button it all the way up and down. But the circular lace pattern at the top is really cute. It is. Yeah. I like it. I know a lot of people don't like baubles, but this one doesn't bother me. But I think it's even very if cute. you didn't want to They're use tiny baubles, baubles, you could do beads. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually really like them in this. I do too. But for people so, who don't like yeah. baubles, there are different alternatives. Yeah. So that's in my future. How like about it. you? Yeah, I, I really think that's a cute one, Julia. Yeah. You scored a win on that definitely, one. Definitely, definitely. What so are you stalking, I Gail? am stalking a book of patterns because I have yearned for, coveted, been interested in the Malabrigo booklet for since before it was released. And I just couldn't find it in myself to spend $18 <laughs> on a pattern booklet that I thought I'd only knit a few things out of. But alas, I had a store credit somewhere, and last week I decided, ooh, with the store credit, that makes this a totally manageable price for a pattern booklet. So I bought it, and since purchasing it, I purchased it for one single pattern initially, <laughs> and that's the Antiguo pattern by Gudrun Johnson. It is a cardigan with a, a it's an adorable little lace ruffly mm -hmm. front. It's a lace weight sweater, and... It's just adorable. I've loved it since, again, since before the booklet was released. Yeah, I remember you talking about this one a yeah, long time it's ago. It's been in my queue for a mighty long time, and I finally just went for it and got the book. But since the book arrived, it does have beautiful shawls and beautiful hats as well. And I think I might even knit one or two maybe of the other sweater patterns are actually more interesting now that I've looked at the book a little more closely. So... That's the main thing I've been stalking, and I meant to bring my lace weight yarn with me today to swatch while we were recording and Aww. forgot, <laughs> but I have also been shopping my stash lately, and I have a batch of Knit Picks Shadow, is it called, lace weight yarn? Oh, I don't remember what be. the name you of it. You bought the... it a long time a ago, long time so ago. I don't even know if it's still a yarn that they currently produce. I think they do, okay. I think. It's... It seems like it would be a basic. So Yeah, it's it's been in my stash for five years, which is a really old stash for me. And I think it would be a good match for this particular pattern, and I have enough. So I'm hoping it will be a good pattern yarn combo and that I will be casting that on soon. So I'm pretty cool. excited about that. It's the color of the yarn is, I think it's called Pacific and mm. it's a turquoisey blue, bright tonal, really pretty yarn. So it is, it kind of reminds me of what I think more of a Caribbean ocean than the yes, Pacific ocean. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because when I was thinking the name Pacific earlier, thinking that doesn't describe the color for me at all the pacific ocean where we live is not that color no, not at all. <laughs> i don't know if it is anywhere but it's not here yeah so yeah maybe more it is in hawaii blue. maybe i have the name wrong too that's entirely possible <laughs> so that's the first thing i've been stalking and the second is from the newest issue of nitty which just came out about a week or so ago and it's the nazki leg warmers, which are by Monica Sima, and they're super cute leg warmers. They're an all-over lace pattern, and I've been stalking my stash to see if I have the perfect yarn, and I don't think I do. All of the yarn I have in that weight is either a sweater quantity, so I don't want to use it and then have a bunch left over, or it's just not the right weight. Yeah. You know how it goes. So I'm stalking that pattern, and hopefully we'll knit it in the future, but it will have to 
be on the back burner. It's really cute too because I was looking at the photos and they're long leg warmers and I really was attracted to the long leg warmer styled with boots and a skirt. I liked that look, but I told yeah. Gail, well, I don't know if I have the right boots and I don't know if I have the right skirt. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I could make the leg warmers, but then I'd have to go shopping for the whole look. <laughs> I'm okay with that too, though. I do have a couple really cute pairs of boots at home that would look really cute with that outfit. I don't know if my legs are long enough to pull it off, but I would do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a pair of boots. It's the skirt. I, I have a heck of a time finding skirts that fit and are proportioned properly so yeah and I love my skirts I have lots and lots of skirts so I don't have a shortage in that part of my closet <laughs> I must say so those are the two things that I've actually been kind of drooling over and plotting yarn for etc so what are you actually knitting okay what I am actually sitting here knitting right now is a really fun little shawl called Askew from Lisa Much. And it's, I kind of describe it as a fun triangular shawl with a twist. And it's not really a twist, it's askew. But <laughs> <laughs> so it's, if you look at it, it is a triangular shawl, but it has intentional shaping and it uses different stitches to make each half of the shawl somewhat of a different length so, th so that it naturally skews in one direction, as the name says. And to knit this, you, you need to have fairly basic skills, how to make one, knit front and back, uh, slip knit pass, how to knit in stockinette, how to knit in garter. So fairly basic skills, but it's really fun very very fun there's there's enough changes in the knitting and enough stitches that you can knit it somewhat without thinking but then enough in it too to keep your interest so it's perfect for knitting while recording a podcast in other words yes <laughs> so this may just become my podcast knitting but i am using a lace yarn that i talked about a couple well i guess it was last, last episode, episode that I am doubling, and that's turning out quite nice. Yeah, it's super squishy, yeah. doubled together. And it's really, really nice. Very, very light. So I'm happy with the way that it's coming out. It's a yarn that was in a huge skein. I think 1,500 yards was on the skein originally. So, And there's lots of different shawls on Ravelry. Oops, <laughs> door squeaking. <laughs> okay, lots of different shawls on Ravelry, Ravelry using sock yarn, I think most people are using. So mine is probably going to be a little bit lighter, but I'm really happy with it. Well, I like that it looks a little bit more open than the shawl seemed to be in the pattern and picture mm -hmm, pages. Mm -hmm. I think it looks really pretty. Yeah. I'm very happy with it, and yeah. it's dark, dark purple. It's beautiful. So. <laughs> it looks really good with the transverse cardi you're wearing, too. Oh, purple on purple. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. The second thing I am knitting is one that I cast on last week, and it's called the Afternoon Tea Shawl, and that is by Helen Stewart. It's also a knitty pattern, another oh. knitty pattern. Charlene snuck one past me. I didn't know that she was knitting this. 
Well, you know, it's I very cast, unusual that I, we don't know what one another. I don't knitting. have it with me. It's at the store. I cast oh. it on at the store because it's been really slow at the store. And after I do all of my usual things there, I decided I needed something. So I just cast this on one day. And I am knitting that in Spud and Chloe Fine Ooh. in a dark green color. And it's going to be for a store sample. But now that I'm knitting it, I'm thinking, oh, I might have to make one for myself, too. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so that will probably be something that will be ongoing over the summer just for me to knit at the store. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, now that you've said that, it'll get busy and you right, won't have any exactly. opportunity. Exactly. Which knit is at what the store. usually happens because in Santa Cruz, there's a lull about the time of graduation and then we get the tourists and once the tourists come in then things pick up so that's we'll, we'll see how it goes <laughs> and then just last night i decided to finally cast on my low tide cardigan yay which is a pattern written by tin can knits and it is a short-sleeved cardigan again the button at the top kind of thing that you wear over a tank top or t-shirt or sundress or sundress yes and i didn't cast this on i knew i wanted to make this for a while but i didn't cast it on for a long time because i was trying to figure out the pattern and how to make a couple of specific mods specifically i didn't want mine to be as loose and drapey as some of them which basically I think is, as far as I can tell at this point, I think it's just a size choice and maybe knitting it tightly, which I am trying to do. I went down a couple needle sizes and I'm trying to knit it tightly, although I am close to gauge, but because the top is knit across instead of top to bottom, I think perhaps that's why it stretches very Oh, that easily. makes a lot of sense, yeah. So what I'm thinking about doing, aside from knitting the smaller size, is it's not a cardigan that's meant to be worn open. And it has the buttons. I'm thinking about knitting the front as all one piece instead of two pieces and buttoning them. And I'll still put the buttons on just for a design element. But I'm thinking about doing it all in one piece. So in other know. words, you'd have to put it on over your head. I would. As opposed to I a would. cardigan. I yeah. would. But I'm fine with that because it doesn't look like something that you would wear open. I tried in vain to find a picture of somebody wearing it open on Ravelry and I couldn't find one. Yeah. I'm sure there must be one. I just didn't find it. And I did look a lot, but so I'm trying to make that modification to it. I, and that's why it took me so long to <laughs> cast on because I was just I was sitting with the pattern and trying to decide, do I really want to change it? And then finally I realized, oh, just cast on the back, cast on the back, and then you have a better feel for it. And you can decide if you want to do the front differently after you knit the back. So I'm knitting the back first. So we'll see how it goes. Once again, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that modification idea, though. That's, mm -hmm. It's so smart to to consider that when you're going to knit a cardigan, because a lot of cardigans I never wear open. And that's the thing. I If I'm not going to wear it open, I tend to be kind of particular about buttons and closures 
and how they look and if they gape exactly. and why they gape. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and if they gape, I'm not happy with it. And not that I think necessarily this would gape. I just, I just don't want to fiddle with it yeah. if I'm going to always wear it closed. It's just well, it's a like personal our, consideration. Our cow neck vests that we sewed closed. Exactly. Yeah, we exactly. Those in the round. Exactly. And that is what really pushed me to consider this modification. If I do it, I'll let you know in the future how it goes. Yeah, it's, I think it's. <laughs> Very clever. So what are you knitting, Gail? All right. So in my hands right now, I'm knitting the Ka'ana Shawlette, which is a pattern by Jennifer Weissman. And it's a free pattern on Ravelry, free download. It's written for approximately 600 yards of worsted weight yarn. But I PM'd Jennifer before I cast on because I only had mm, 480 yards, I think. And she said... Her yardage estimates were very, very generous, and that many people have knit the full-length shawl with 500 yards or less. So I was very inspired, and I cast on using yarn that is three Irish girls, Wexford silk, and it is a merino silk blend, single-ply yarn, and I'm really enjoying it. The yarn was actually two skeins that were gifted to me by two different people. Thank you, Julie and Shelly. Mm-hmm. And I'm knitting this as a gift for someone. So it's going to be like a community gift of love because there are three of us kind of involved nice. in it. So it's super pretty light blue. The name of the yarn is called It's a Girl Thing and it's a light baby blue. So I thought that was <laughs> kind of funny. And the odd thing about the yarn, and Charlene, you can probably see this, there are specks of like a red dye here and there. I'm trying to find a particular example to show Charlene. See that? There are these random like specks that are not supposed to be there, I'm sure, because you can't see it really when the ball was wound up. I never noticed it in the hang before I wound it. throughout the whole skein? Throughout this skein, yes. I don't know. See, there's another one. I don't know if the second skein will be speckled like this also, but... If this was a sweater, I would be kind of bummed Yeah. because I wouldn't want bright specks of purple in my light baby blue yarn. Interesting. Yeah. But I don't think in, in the shawl overall, I don't think most people would really notice too much. So it'll be interesting to see if that's in the second skein, skein as well. Yeah. Like maybe the whole dye lot had, you know, bits of dye yeah. that got drifted onto yeah. it from a different batch or something. So Just an interesting comment about the yarn. And the other thing that I'm knitting, I cast on my very first ever pair of stripy socks. I, as a knit-along prize, I won a skein of Ladybug Fiber MCN sock in the Johnny Jump Up colorway, which is stripes (laughs) of light, light purple and yellow. And it's really, really cute. And I just decided one day, in all this weird not knowing what to cast on. Right. I'm going to cast on a pair of stripy socks. Go Gail. I mean, what a weird thing to do. So that's the other thing I'm knitting. I only have finished one cuff on one sock. So these could take me the rest of eternity to knit because they're knit on size one. (laughs) It's going to take forever. But it's an interesting project to be working on. And I also, oh, I'm using the Afterthought Heel Sock Pattern, which is another free pattern 
On Ravelry by Laura Linneman. She is one of the knit girls. And so far, it's a great little pattern, super easy to follow, and I've never done an afterthought heel, so that will be something interesting to learn. I mean, I've knit how many socks in my life? Like two, three <laughs> pairs. So of course, I've never knit an afterthought heel. So that is an interesting project, and I'm still working also on the Afghan project. I mentioned the last right. episode. As of last night, I have, I think, seven, six or seven squares of the 25 left to edge and then i'll start seaming this week so wow yep it's getting that's close a to big finish. project yeah <laughs> close to finish so those are the things that i'm actually currently knitting all right so what have you finished in two weeks i have not finished much <laughs> i'll make up for that <laughs> i finished the a couple of episodes ago i was crocheting scrubbies so i finally finished those which basically is weaving in the last end. So I finished a couple scrubbies. I did finish another Halos for Hope hat. I cast it on and finished it in, within the last week. It turned out a little bit small. So it'll be a, a hat or a child size hat. Um, I knit that out of Cascade Fixation and I don't think I followed. No, I didn't follow a specific pattern. I just cast on a garter stitch edge and then did a knit and purl pattern on the hat part itself, decreased, and that was it. <laughs> and then the last thing that I did finish, which was a big project, was my pendulum shawl. Yay! I think last time we recorded, I was right on the verge of finishing it. And I finally blocked it woven all the ends and i should pull it out because it's yeah, i haven't seen huge it. it's huge it's huge i wrote to gail the day that i blocked it i said i think yours is petite con <laughs> compared to this and it probably isn't it's just that it's one of those shawls that blocks out very large and when i look at the pattern everybody's is large so it's Mine is probably not any larger than yours. No, but it probably it just... is, actually. <laughs> oh, is it? Um, I don't remember mine being significantly bigger than a shawlette. I don't remember not doing all the stripes. Oh, no, I, I did all the stripes, but maybe I just knit mine looser. Mine is big, but you know, in, on the pattern or the projects that are shown in Ravelry, it is. It's a big shawl. Lots of people have a big shawl. One of the interesting things about it is that the very first, well, it's got, got stripes, but the main color start, the very little start, mm -hmm. is the the top of the shawl. So you basically have six sections of main color, five sections of contrast color, but it's really five stripes of each color, and then the semicircle, semicircular, it. I don't know what you call it. The first, like it would be the first stripe. Almost. Yeah, but yeah. it's the first cast on little bit at the top. I'm, I'm just She's demonstrating with her hands. <laughs> which and you can't see. The little semicircle where the cast on is. And a lot of people say that if you cast, cast on as written, then you have trouble blocking that out. And I think that I cast on somewhat differently. I can't remember how I did it but mine still had that funny little bump on it and then I blocked it and I 
I did get a straight line on the top when you block it. But it's really interesting because if you look through the projects on Ravelry, there are a lot of people who photograph it basically upside down. Huh. And some people mention it. They say, oh, I blocked it upside down because it turned out that way. And when they say it turned out that way, it's because the pattern is written gives you this kind of bump. And if you block it upside down, it kind of turns into a triangular shawl instead of a a straight across shawl, which I don't even know what you would like call a stole? it. Yeah. I mean, what... Because mine is triangular. So it's not a really sharp triangle, but it's definitely... But yours isn't. I looked at your picture, too. Yours wasn't upside down. Okay. But there are some people who who really have flipped it. And like I said, a couple of people mentioned that in their project notes. So what do they call it? They call it a... She doesn't really say what kind of shape it is. I would have called it... If I had to come up with a name i would have called it like a semicircle or yeah. crescent yeah that's what it is it's not triangular it's more like a crescent mm -mm. shape now yeah. that i'm looking at the pattern yeah except when you block it you're supposed to block it with a straight edge on the top rather than what i would think of as a, curve. a crescent with the curves of the two edges coming up but it, it does have that shape even kind of like a stole as you mentioned but there are just a lot of projects where people have blocked it upside down as a triangular shawl, which I found kind of interesting. See, now I'm going to have to go look. Now I'm curious. So now you can you can wear it either way, I guess, depending on how you block it. And if you follow the pattern as written and you get that funny little bump, then it kind of lends itself to being triangular upside huh. down. So just an observation. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so those are the three things. Yeah. How about you, Gail? What have oh, you finished? You said have you finished a lot? I finished a lot. Okay. So the last episode, I mentioned that I would probably try to knit a couple of charity hats mm -hmm. because I was behind. Well, I'm not behind anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much have been knitting hats exclusively since our last episode. But that's what we do. We said, we, we've mentioned that before, that how we get into this hat mode and we'll catch up on all the hats. Yes. So. And I... Again, it was just because I couldn't decide what big project to cast on, right. so I just kept <laughs> casting on more and more hats. Right. So I got this wild hair that I just had to work through <laughs> some of my stash yarn that's been set aside for hats. I had the leftover Louette Gems sport weight yarn from the Monster I Knit for Max. I had leftover Plymouth Encore worsted, and I had a kind of mixed bag of brown sheep cotton fleece worsted yarn. So those were mostly what I used as bases. And each of these hats is a free downloadable pattern on Ravelry. And I'm just going to go through the list quickly because you can see show notes for links and such. The cabled baby hat only used 60 yards of worsted weight yarn. That's by Julie Hentz. Awesome pattern. I knit another Hermione Hearts Ron. Oh, I love that. Which, it's an awesome <laughs> pattern. Absolutely awesome. And this actually, I have a funny story. Max just finished reading that book in the Harry Potter series. So he's on book seven now. He had just finished reading book six and said, oh, can we watch the movie? And I said, sure, you can watch the movie. And I had cast on the hat the night before. So I'm sitting there oh. with him on the couch, <laughs> knitting Hermione Loves Hearts Ron. And I looked at Max and I said, 
oh, this is weird. This is the movie that this hat was inspired by. <laughs> right after I said that was the scene where she's wearing the hat. It was weird. <laughs> so great pattern. I highly recommend it. Another one I highly recommend is the Swirl Hat by Mandy Harrington. There are a lot of projects in this on Ravelry. Hmm. Fabulous pattern. Super easy to knit in the round. No real thought required. And because I was running out of my first color of yarn, I decided, oh, I'll kind of blend in the next color with some stripes and mm -hmm. then go to a second color solid. Mm -hmm. Because of the way the hat swirls, the stripes look diagonal. It's oh, the coolest thing. Cool. Mike and Max were both saying, that's one of the coolest hats you've ever made. <laughs> and it was just a nice. random fluke because of yeah. the way the pattern's written. So I highly nice. recommend that one too. The Hurricane Hat by Andrea Gutier, another great, these are all knit in the round, they're all hats, uh -huh. but it was another great, easy, you get a nice result in a swirl that is basically, doesn't require much thought. And the Rainbow Ridge Beanie, which you knit a while ago mm -hmm. for Halos of Hope by Allison Britt, loved that one. Yeah, great that stash one was buster. Fun. Super awesome hat. And then three more that I knit that I don't think I would knit again for various reasons. They're awesome patterns, but one of them was the Op Top. It's a great color work pattern by Alex Winslow, but I didn't like the way the top blocked out for me. Maybe it was my yarn choice. Mm -hmm. Maybe I didn't block it very well, but it's a really cool color work pattern. It would make a good intro to color work, I think, for a lot of people. Twisty Goo by Lisa Beamer also was really fun, but it just, for me, it had too much that you had to keep track of. Hmm. Too many knits and purls and things instead of just, I wanted stocking it in the round <laughs> right. with one stitch that I had to keep track of and not keep going knit and purl, I think was the reason that one wasn't high on my list. Although it's a beautiful hat. And then Pillsbury by El Ellen Aaron <laughs> Burnell, who is of the Double Knit Podcast. And that's an awesome one too. It's cabled. So pretty much every other one of the hats that I did was either color work or lace. And some of them had cables, but not as many as Pillsbury, which was an awesome pattern too. And again, I just wasn't in the mood, I don't think, for cables, obviously, because every other hat I picked was knit <laughs> or um, <laughs> lace rather. But awesome free patterns. I highly recommend them all. Go and check them out. Again, lots of finished projects for a lot of these if you need ideas for different yarn bases, etc. I don't think any of them, the op top, because it was color work, did take several days, but most of them were like an evening and a half of knitting. So none of them were very difficult. And almost all of them were adult sized. So an evening and a half of knitting for an adult size hat, yeah. you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. So. That's what I have finished. You're in the really last good. Two weeks. You're really good about going out and finding patterns for hats and thinking about it. <laughs> really? Because well, because I tend to oh, I'm going to knit a hat. I pull out needles and yarn and I cast on without thought. <laughs> well, that's cool too, though. You don't have to spend the time to go search patterns. But but you end up with well, yeah. I don't know. You end up with some really cute hats. Yeah. I mean, I guess I do too. But then I can't. I can't necessarily. I can duplicate them, I guess. I don't know. It's nice to have something to point to when people ask, and then you can say, oh, it's this hat. <laughs> well, and another thing, I greatly appreciate all of you designers who put free patterns out there for us. I really appreciate that you do that. 
And part of my goal, I think it was around Christmas time, I queued a bunch of hats. That, I remember. Yeah, yeah. for gift knitting mm-hmm. and things like that. And in addition to using up a bunch of that stash that I've now been able to take out of my stash and marked as all used up, which is hugely <laughs> gratifying, I also was able to take these out of my queue because now I finally knit them. Right. So that's another, for me, it felt really good to yeah. be able to say, oh, I queued these a long right. time ago because I was interested in right. them for some reason. Now I've actually knit them and it just is gratifying to finally kind of, yeah. I don't want to say cross it off my to-do list because that makes it sound like a chore. And it was they weren't a chore in any way whatsoever. But now I've finished all 13 of my charity hats for 2013. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So now I can do gift knitting for holidays and birthdays and other yeah. things and just intersperse that with any right. other knitting that strikes my fancy. So Yay. yeah, it was a cool... A very gratifying two weeks of knitting, I must say. <laughs> We've kind of been in the same place because I I actually have a bag here of hats, oh, yeah, too, that. that I've been collecting. And I was just putting labels on them before you got here. I was labeling the fiber content so that I could give them away to... Halos for Hope. Halos of Hope, yeah. And they like to have their the content labeled so that they know if there's any wool because not everybody can wear wool oh that's good so, yeah good because i've not been i've never labeled mine because we usually bring them to the homeless shelter and not that they won't they're not care but I yeah don't think they're they, going to be particular yeah but when you I, I guess it's because we're donating them for people with medical issues mm-hmm. and then that makes they're a lot more, more sense. sensitive yeah when you've gone through chemo your skin is sensitive yes, for sure so. yeah i did a lot of these like i said in the the cotton fleece yarn base, yeah, which yeah. I really enjoyed knitting with. It was I didn't for a know, base. yeah. Well, I didn't know much about the cotton fleece, and then you gave me those two skeins yeah. that I think are cotton fleece. Yeah, they are. And seventy percent wool, no, seventy percent no, cotton, thirty percent wool. Oh, okay. I thought so, it was eighty twenty. I could, yeah. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I well, thought it was seventy. It's either eighty twenty or or seventy thirty, yeah. but it's a very small wool content but i didn't realize that it even had any wool content until i looked it up yeah and i had been previously thinking that i was going to use those two skeins for scrubbies or dishcloths that kind of thing and then when i realized that they had a little bit of wool content i changed my mind and thought no i'll use it for hats (laughs) yeah and i again for a, a, a mostly cotton fiber yarn i really enjoyed knitting with it didn't hurt my hands at all it w- felt nice in my hands. It wasn't rough. It must be that little bit yeah, of wool content. Yeah. And I, it seemed like that little bit of wool content would also lend nicely to having the hat stay in shape better. That, I was thinking the same thing. And I haven't blocked those hats yet. I did block the colorwork hat, but not the others yet. And mm-hmm. I want to see, one, how much color they lose in the blocking process mm-hmm. and how they retain their shape. Yeah. So I'm curious to see that because I think it's also a very affordable yarn. I got lucky and got someone's D stash. She's for like $10. Oh. There were partial skeins and whole skeins. Nice. And I think six different colors for $10. But I think that it's an affordable yarn to buy. Definitely. As well. So for our climate, you know, a cotton sweater would be really nice. It could well, be a, a good lot base. of people use that yarn for sweaters and tops, summer tops. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there we go. Maybe it's a new February lady sweater yeah. yarn. <laughs> okay. So we've had a couple questions in the threads that we thought we'd expand upon today. 
And I totally admit selfish interest of my own <laughs> for researching some of these topics. The first one was knitting, ergonomics, and stretching. I, for one, don't do enough stretching. I sit down to knit and I don't stop until it's time to go to bed, which is downright silly. It's a good way to get tendinitis or something like yes, that. Yes, and because of my tendinitis, I have been fairly obsessive about stretching over the last year. In fact, when I go to the gym or when I'm standing around, I think people kind of look at me odd because it's become a habit of mine that if I'm standing there, I start twirling my wrists. Uh -huh. yep. <laughs> and I do this rather obsessively, whether I'm knitting or not, I'll do it throughout the day just, the grocery store to, stre line. Yeah, yeah. just to stretch my wrists. Not necessarily because it feels good or I'm in pain at that particular moment, but just because I know it's good for me to get the blood flowing. And I think just moving, because I tend to hold my wrists in one position a lot when I'm knitting, I think it's good just to stretch them into that other position as much as yes, possible yes. during the day. I'm not an expert. I have no proof. This is totally anecdotal. You know, I haven't spoken to any professional. Ex, any mm -hmm. professional about it. I just know what feels good for me. And so I know that when I do do that a lot during the day, I know that it does seem to reduce the discomfort that I feel at other times. Well, so. and I did, I went online and I looked up a bunch of different sites and, you know, did Google searches, etc. And basically the overwhelming, the sources of information were basically diagrams that showed you what stretches are good, how to do them, etc. I couldn't find a single site that really had a good list of this is what we suggest at these times and this particular stretch for this particular pain, etc. There wasn't a big accumulation of information that was one single source. So diagrams are really good to look at if you don't have an idea of where to start in terms of what kind of stretches to do. But bending of your wrists back and forth or like Charlene said in circles, always yeah. really good. There are really great Instead of I, what I should have searched, instead of knitting stretches, I should have searched for the keyboard. And car I did carpal oh, tunnel carpal stretches, tunnel right? And wrist stretches, exactly. Yeah. Because also for me, my forearms tend to get tight, so there right. are great stretches just for forearms, yeah. also. But one consistent suggestion—that's the right word—was to do yoga. Because yoga, of course, with downward facing dog and different poses, you are doing a lot mm -hmm. to stretch your hands, stretch your wrists, stretch your forearms. And if you can't do yoga in the traditional sense for whatever reason, you don't have to do vinyasa flow. You don't have to do downward facing dog. There are a lot of different types of yoga where you're not putting your body weight into your hands and your wrists. And one source that both Charlene and I have used is an iTunes downloadable yoga class. It's an audio. It's not, doesn't have video that goes with it, but it's called 20 minute yoga sessions from yogadownload.com. They have over 70 different 20 minute sessions and almost all of them also have an accompanying PDF pose guide. So you can actually mm -hmm. see what the poses look like as well. They have everything from toning your glutes yoga to shoulder stretching yoga to prenatal yoga to yeah. power yoga. They have a ton of different focuses to their 20-minute sessions. And they're so. just really short, quick sessions. So you could do a couple at a time if you wanted 
to have a more intense session or it's a really good midday thing if you just feel like you need a little break. Yeah, I did one a few weeks ago with Max in the middle of the afternoon and he loved it, just (laughs) loved it. It never occurred to me that, oh, my 11-year-old might like to do yoga and he really enjoyed it. So it could even be a little family activity for the summer, depending on what your interests are. So I highly recommend checking that out. If you're having any type of arm, hand, wrist, shoulder, etc. Of course, don't do it if it hurts. This is not a medical recommendation. You know, it's just a suggestion for stretching out your just, wrists just and your hands. Just remember to get up and stretch That's what every I mean. once in a while yeah. is always a good suggestion, I think. I'm almost tempted to, when I sit down and knit, set a timer for myself. 45 minutes or 30 minutes and I have to stretch for a few minutes. I, I almost feel like I have to get up too much so i don't have that problem (laughs) i always feel like oh can't i just knit for 10 minutes without somebody needing something it's my end of the day when everybody else is asleep and i'm just like oh good it's quiet nobody's bugging me that's when i knit yeah i don't want to get up and do stuff because i don't have to finally (laughs) so that was the first subject and the second is storing your sweaters so Jen, Knitwise, Pearlwise, PM'd me the other day and said, for the first time ever, I have enough hand-knit sweaters that I'm looking for advice on how to store them during the win- during the summer. And I am in the same position. So I did a bunch of research on the best, quote, best ways right. to store your hand-knits because, of course, there are many different ideas, suggestions, etc. But some of the most consistent Things I read were, first of all, always wash and thoroughly dry your hand knits before you store them away. Our body oils and such, one, attract bugs even more than wool does by itself. And two, it can be bad for the knit fabric itself if your body oils remain on your knitwear or like deodorant or hair product or anything that might, you know, rub off onto your knitwear. And that's what I did last year. I didn't, I don't, I I should have looked up what episode it was, but last year, last spring, I guess it was one of my, what I classified as a finished task or finished object was washing all, most of my sweaters. And I washed, obviously dried, depilled, and then packed them all away. And that was a major undertaking that lasted the entire weekend because I had blankets laid out on the back porch and I was drying the sweaters. And then this year, because it wasn't as cold and we didn't have winter rain, I didn't really use a lot of my sweaters like I did last year. I use, obviously I I wore a lot of them, but not all of them. Right. And there were some that never even got taken out. So I didn't do a whole big wash and dry and pack away this year well i intend to obviously not today or tomorrow because of our weird drizzly (laughs) weather but when the sun comes back out i think i'm going to do a a big batch of that Mm -hmm. so basically soak them spin them in the wash cycle or in the rinse cycle not the rinse cycle the spin Spin. cycle to get a lot of the water out and then same thing put them out on the back deck in the baking hot sun 
not in direct light. Not in direct yeah, You don't want them in direct sunlight. Yeah, I've, our back deck has a, 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 a shade cover, and it works out great because you it's still lit, but you don't get the direct sun. So. Yeah, we have a sail that goes across oh, right, our back right. deck now, so yeah. we can, I can put it under the sail so it yeah. doesn't have direct sunlight. But I was researching, you know, the best way to store them. So first you wash and dry them. And then some of the suggestions were to roll them instead of folding them to store them, which I never would have thought of. It seems kind of obvious. I, I once do I that read it. sometimes. I know that that's you're supposed to roll things to pack to eliminate lines mm-hmm. or fold lines. Right. And I don't know if I don't roll them correctly or maybe I still pack them in too tightly because I still get lines on yeah. the things that I roll sometimes. Kind of seems unavoidable so, actually yeah. because just where like the sleeve presses against the body yeah. that's going to be. So I don't know. I've never perfected that technique. It's it's great in theory, but I've never perfected it. <laughs> See, I thought of it in terms of better space utilization. Mm. And different containers to store in first it being bug proof is very important and second if you can find canvas sided storage bags that zip up that's good because it's breathable and wool and different fibers that we use for our knitwear responds better in a breathable container as opposed to airtight if it wasn't fully dry and it's an airtight container, you can have a problem with mold and such. So mm-hmm. that was one suggestion that I read in quite a few places. Another one was what to do to keep the bugs away. So I had a little stash diving this morning that I was doing and yarn was a fly. I seem to do this on days we record. <laughs> and of course, because I Because you're thinking about your own stash and yarn and... <laughs> yeah, so it, it all comes out. So... Of course, of all the rotten timing, when I have all the yarn spread out all over the room, my husband walks in. It's like, oh, darn it. You had to walk in now. And he said, wow, (laughs) it's not as bad as it looks. (laughs) But I found a moth on one of the containers that was holding my yarn this morning. Hmm. So I'm kind of having a a little critter panic. Because it... There's lots of moths. I know. It's not necessarily a sweater moth. It's Although true. it could be, but it's it's not necessarily. And we have a lot of oak trees out in the gorge in oh, our backyard. And they're so all could, full of moths. Exactly. Right now. It could be any kind of moth, but regardless, that's what's gonna cause my um, sweater cleaning and storage because I have to check everything now. Right. All of my stash is in Ziploc bags. It's all safe from critters. But of course, the sweaters that I actually wear are on the shelves in my closet so that I can access them. So that's what I'm worried about now. So I'm going to clean them. I did order from Amazon this morning some linen storage bags. So they're meant for blankets and comforters and things like that. So I know I can get a lot of sweaters into them and then wedge it underneath my bed. So I'll have, it won't take up more space in terms of, oh gosh, I have to find closet space for these storage bags. I can put it under the bed. Yeah, well, I thing. have a lot of sweaters in boxes, and they're not airtight boxes or anything. But I, I, I'm kind of thinking that maybe next time I buy something, maybe something soft-sided or bags might be easier just because the boxes do you have to have them on a shelf yeah. or on the floor i don't know i just have too many sweaters well there's <laughs> part that of, problem part of, too part, but part of partially for me i just need to purge yeah but um in the boxes i have 
usually put in, I think last year was the first year that I did this because I do remember talking about it on the podcast mm-hmm. last year. I put in a bar of strongly scented soap in a little bag that I had sewn for that purpose because Gail was looking up and she there's a long list of scented items yes, that, that are recommended that you can put in with sweaters to store them. And I had read somewhere that basically it's any strongly scented item that the bugs don't like, although I'm not an entomologist, so I don't know. Is that the right word? I'm I'm not a bug person, so I really don't know for sure. Well, of all the research that I did earlier today, one of the things that really surprised me was they said cedar shavings and blocks are not a very good bug deterrent. Is it because they're not strongly scented enough? Well, I think one, it doesn't work for all the critters. Mm. And two, if they're too dry, the oil that gives it the scent no longer repels the bugs. right. That is true. You need to, like the cedar blocks, or if you have a cedar chest, you do need to periodically sandpaper them to kind of reactivate the scent i don't i don't know if there's any way to continue to use them once they dry out but i do know that if you sandpaper them then you can reactivate the scent at least so that's one consideration if you've always been a diehard user of cedar it might not be the best alternative another thing don't use mothballs apparently a lot of mothball manufacturers use toxic chemicals in the mothballs my friend louise hi louise if you're listening she's lunettes on ravelry and you don't want your yarn to smell like mothballs. no you don't (laughs) but she found critters in her yarn she lives in france and she has a lot of yarn stash and it was a big deal like oh no there are moths she put mothballs all over the place and she had to be hospitalized because (gasps) she didn't realize the toxicity involved in the mothballs and she used too many and she ended up in the hospital. So it's no joke. Oh my joke. gosh. Yeah. I mean, she used a lot, obviously, but it was does... it respiratory, a respiratory issue? I don't remember issue? exactly. I don't remember. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it was, it was bad. So don't use mothballs as you know, they're not the healthiest way to keep the critters away. So and like, the, the, yeah, the scent is bad. Is I can't imagine wanting to, wear that once you unpack your sweaters and yeah. then wear your sweaters I think sweaters. for her it was just an instant gut reaction yeah. oh no I have moths mothballs or yeah. whatever everybody uses I'm going to yeah. go buy mothballs right now but like Charlene said most strong scented natural scented things are supposed to keep the critters away and some of the top things that were listed that I'm going to be making sachets with they said either you know use any kind of cloth especially cheesecloth You can use these as essential oils, or you can just gather the raw ingredients. And some of them were lavender, eucalyptus, bay leaves, cinnamon, and dry lemon peel. So I think I'm going to make, have it be a little summer project for the children, and I will help them make little sachets with some of these scents to put in my stash and, you know, storage boxes. Another one that they recommended were dryer sheets. Apparently, dryer sheets are a good deterrent, and they can help make your knitwear. If you like the scent of the yeah. dryer sheet, of dryer course, I use scent-free ones. Dryer sheets are really strongly scented, yeah. too. I wonder if the scent-free ones would work as well. Probably not, because it's probably the scent that hmm. that works. But 
regardless, that was another idea that they had. So again, wash them, dry them thoroughly, either fold them or roll them up, put them in a bug proof container with something that's going to keep the bugs away. That's going to smell good on your knitwear when you take it <laughs> yes. out the next season. And Cozy Couch, Cindy, um, our thoughts still going out to you for the fires in Colorado. But she posted just this morning a suggestion, Moth Away bags, which she bought at Bed Bath & Beyond. I'm and Yeah, I'm curious about those. I'm going to look those up. Yeah, we actually have a Bed Bath & Beyond in our little, quote, shopping mall, right. unquote. So we can maybe go see them in person. I want to see what they smell like because I'm hypersensitive yeah. to smells. And if it's going to be icky, stinky, I won't want it. But if, she said they smell good, so they're probably good. The other, like, um, when I open a new container of Madeline Tosh yarn and the vinegar oh, smell yes. <laughs> explodes in my room. I like the smell of vinegar. My husband does not. So those are, like, some of the smells that would... I don't want to smell like that pouring out right. of my closet, causing, right. you know, sleeping issues and things like that. Right. So I think lemon, cinnamon, lavender, eucalyptus will be what I probably use in sachets yeah. because they won't be overwhelming and they won't be unnatural smells right. happening in the room. So. <laughs> so that's what we learned about storage. Hopefully that was helpful, Jen, and anyone else who's getting ready to store their summer Store sweaters store, for the summer. Right. So, there we go. We don't store our summer sweaters right now, usually. Depending on where you're listening in the world, of course. In Australia, yeah, maybe true. you have. <laughs> All right. And I think that sums it up for this episode. We are considering starting a knit-along, and we haven't decided yet on what type of knit-along, etc. We'll let you know soon, probably the next episode. And thank you, as always, for listening. We greatly appreciate it. We love the PMs, the, the comments and the threads, etc. Keep them coming. Yes, thank you very much. And that's it and for that's episode it. 39. We hope you're having a great summer, and we'll talk to you soon. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye. You can find us on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a growing Ravelry group, and you can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs. Goodbye and good knits!